This is episode 519 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. We would like to thank our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. Find everything you need for eventing at bitofbritain.com. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, coming to you this week from North Chaley in England. And I'm Tappers, coming to you this week from Swindon, Wiltshire. This week on the show, we speak to Pork McCarthy, a member of the Irish team who had a fantastic result at the recent Campfire Horse Trials. We then speak to Stuart Buntine. He manages BEDE events and also was a big part of the fabulous new Osborne House event, which took place on the Isle of Wight last week. So, Tappers, it's been a busy few weeks. I've been going literally everywhere, but I was really excited to um, see popping up on social media and various other sites that you have been literally flying. You've been out there competing. Aston Lee Walls in the advance, I believe you finished second. And then not long after that, you thought, I'll just have a little jaunt down to Hickstead for the Eventers Grand Prix which you won. Was this your second year in a row winning it? Or were you second? Yes. Last, or what? Yes. No, second yes. That's def- what I thought. Def- defending champion defended oh it. And they, they did it in uh, in reverse order as well. So they made me go last uh, oh. of all of the competitors at Hickstead. So uh, I knew exactly what I had to do. And uh, yeah, nailed it. It was, it was oh, super fast nice and, and super clear. And uh, oh, it's a great event down at Hickstead. It's a uh, an, an arena eventing uh, event, basically. Um, you know, it's it's a combination of show jumps and cross country fences, and indeed the very famous Hickstead Derby fences. Uh, not quite as big as what they jump in the uh, the actual uh, um, Grand Prix Derby, but I, I'd, I have to say, I walked the course and I was like, I was thinking, can they put it up four holes? I quite fancy it actually a bit bigger. I think I could do this. And then I did uh, think, my wife said, well, you did that so well. Maybe you should try and get a, a wild card into the actual proper derby. And uh, so I watched it on, on the videos on the old YouTube and, um, yeah, I changed my mind. I think something <laughs> big say, for me. <laughs> I, say, I was going to say, I think your horse might have a bit of a shock as well. <laughs> he might have a very big shock, having jumped a metre 30 all his life and then suddenly be yeah, asked surprise. A metre 50, a metre 60. Hey, look what we've got to do now. <laughs> like, oh, no. Poor boy. He doesn't deserve that after his performance. But, um, no, I was pleased. I did I did put a cheeky post on your Facebook saying, not bad for an amateur. So, um, oh, I think exactly. – uh, yeah, you're still. It's good to know you still got it, Tapper. As I have to say, good for you. Uh, I still got it when I want to. So uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I, I had uh, twelve months. It was quite funny because in 2016, Isa Power won it. Now Isa was a good friend of uh, of ours, and she was ribbing me no end when I won it in 2017 because she wasn't there and she didn't compete because she actually did the proper derby. Um, and um, so she was telling me that she was seven seconds faster than my time in 2017. Now, she was, okay? So granted, she was. Uh, but it, but 2017 was a wet year, a very wet year. Mm. So, But all year she'd be going, I'm, I'm not doing the proper derby next year. I'm doing the Aventus Grand Prix and I'm going to beat you because I was seven seconds faster than you last time. So I had 12 months of her telling me this. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was very determined, A, not to let uh, Isab uh, beat me on the time. And when she had, I think she had the fastest time of the day, but had a rail down. So she was in third. So, uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, I was pretty determined to, to beat her time. Nice Which, one. 
which I did. It was fantastic. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, what I'm like, Liz, I'm a, I, I like to cre- play up to the crowds a bit. So, uh, <laughs> really? who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't love a good victory lap, hey? Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw the video of that. Yes, I did. And I would recommend <laughs> that uh, anybody who doesn't know Paul Tapner very well, you will know him better if you go <laughs> and watch this video. <laughs> I'm just saying. And really, everyone out there, you should look up and watch the video of the whole round. It is, it's a really, really fun event. Um, I haven't actually done it since uh, they used to jump out over the privet hedge and out into the backfield, if you remember, yes, which was yes, proper I, crazy. Yeah, uh, but loads of fun. And I need to get myself back there again, actually. I only live half an hour from Hickstead. Um, yeah, it's a trek but, for me. It's your local event. You should have had your whole yard there show jumping and doing pure show jumping as well as the event as Grand Prix. Well, the reason I didn't was because I literally arrived back from Columbia on Monday night, and then I went to Osborne House, which was oh, fantastic. Of course, Columbia. Yeah. Yes, we we had Jen with me last time because <laughs> producer Jen, we actually got to say some words. She who never speaks, but was actually speaking an awful lot with me because you were off being super glamorous coaching Team Columbia at the team what Barbados. Sea. Oh, Team Barbados. Oh, what do I know? Team Barbados in Colombia at the CAC Games of something of the kind. Now, I, I seem to remember that the CAC Games are not just equestrian. Is that right? No, it's it's huge, actually. So the main games were in Barranquilla, which was uh, actually quite a long way away from where we were. We were in Bogota. Um, at sort of a military horse base, uh, and um, none of none of that means a thing to me, listeners. So if you're never, thinking yeah, the well, same as me, that's fine. We'll we'll go and have a geography lesson. So <laughs> carry on at Bogota. Well, anyway, it was my first trip to Colombia as well. But um, basically, I started working with uh, Laura Smith, who was part of the um, team Barbados, and I helped her um, get qualified for the games. So she qualified at the Ocala CCI One Star with a really super little horse called Little Vegas, who I had the pleasure of competing a bit for her earlier in the year when we were in Florida. And um, it was a really huge goal for the whole Barbados team. There were three women. The other two were um, Zoe Archer and her mother, Monique Archer, who trained with Joss Gray, who many people in Britain will know. He's kind of done a bit of everything now. I mean, he, I, well, I've told we, Joss. We had him on the show. Uh, we did. And he was telling us all about uh, coaching oh my gosh. Uh, all of his teams. Uh, Honestly. So many exotic teams. I said to Joss, he needs to write a book and everybody should buy it because the amount of interesting places this guy has been and the, all the different stuff he's done, and he's done a lot for the sport. Um, but So Joss has coached um, Zoe Monique for a long time, and then I'd stepped in and coached Laura. Um, and we'd sort of, of course, they were based at our place in Ocala through the winter, which was really great. So I felt like I sort of knew the whole team. And um I have to say, it, it, look, it was an epic travel. I mean, I think I traveled 24 hours each direction. It was insane, but a really wonderful experience. And even better was that Team Barbados finished with a bronze medal, um, which was all the years of, of hope and training. Because really, these girls only started eventing last year. I mean, it's incredible that they've achieved this. Um, so Very it was a great impressive. experience. It really it really was a wonderful experience. Um and I, I couldn't be prouder of them. It was great, well, great to be there. So you should be, Liz. So good good first team training experience for you at a championship. Uh, am I right in guessing that was your first championship experience as a team trainer or as a it trainer? It was. No, there it really go. was. It was. And it was um, 
yeah, like I say, it was it was great to uh, be sort of strongly representing a team and around so many great people. And I had all my uh, Team Barbados gear on, wearing it proudly. I brought it all home <laughs> with me. It'll probably come out somewhere at an event. It's pretty cool stuff. <laughs> it's going to really, <laughs> really confuse everybody. Here's the American well, exactly. wearing Team Barbados in <laughs> in in the UK. Uh, you know, we're just not going to know what's going on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very exotic. But not only have you been to exotic places like Colombia, uh, but uh, over you know another overseas travel from the UK very short sea but uh over to the isle of wight yeah this was a, such a such a cool event and, and we're going to be lucky enough to speak to um one of the directors of this event um who i think had had a big visionary for it later but this was a really different sort of feel for an event it was um it was on the british eventing calendar but uh, no points would count towards any future competitions because it was a showcase event uh, so a very shortened dressage test um, a very shortened show jumping and a shorter but still very intense cross country so i would say uh, the cross country was uh, intermediate dimensions but certainly with some advanced questions and um, look it was absolutely loads of fun i brought two horses i um, brought coolie quicksilver my young seven-year-old who was uh, totally completely fabulous um finished fourth in a very competitive group and learned so much from all the crowds and everything about it and then i had fernhill by night my trusty old boy who um was a little bit confused by the interesting test i think basically blackie he says he he's got three star down and four star he can do and he says why are we trotting out of canter why are we doing all this stuff so i didn't i didn't do a very good test on him <laughs> which is quite embarrassing having led the recent barbary castle erm dressage yeah. i think so, i had a 32 or something very unimpressive a, tr a trot to canter was very confusing. oh my goodness yeah just, blackie was yeah. like where are the flying changes i don't understand yeah. uh, i can't do any <laughs> so yeah, i did have to laugh and i decided not to run him and save him for another day because at 15 if you're not going to go and be competitive for the money <laughs> there wasn't a point but it was nothing against the event it was really fantastic we had a brilliant time they looked after us well um, i would recommend it to anybody and um, i even got a bit of history out of it i saw queen victoria's country home how cool is that one of yes very impressive one of, yes but her big <laughs> real big one i guess yeah it's it's really big <laughs> it's really big i'm gonna hazard a guess having seen a few of the you know the royal residences that they're all really big liz it's yeah what happens when they're royal it doesn't matter even <laughs> if it's just their their summer residence it's still really big. <laughs> I haven't been through all of those, and I went oh, through well. this one, so it was exciting. I recommend it to anybody. Indeed, we, we recommend uh, touring all of these stately houses uh, that the eventing circuit in the UK is very much largely based around. It's very, very uh, worthwhile actually getting out of the horse box or off the horse uh, or away from the edge of the cross-country course to <laughs> be viewing and, and actually go and look inside these houses. It's, uh, like you say, a history lesson for you. Absolutely. We even went down to the beach, Tappers. It was like a little mini holiday with just two horses, <laughs> one competing each day. When does that happen? One competing <laughs> each day. So, okay, you, you said you withdrew one, but the other one got you some prize money. Was there big money, big prize money on offer? 
It was good prize money, actually. Um, and I think especially for Oliver Townen, who clearly went in and won on lots of horses. Um, but look, that was it kind of made the trip really worthwhile because it did cost a little bit more than a normal event. Um, but the experience you got was fantastic. And I think we could see where the money was going. Um, and then also, if you went with sort of the, the right horses, you knew you had a very good chance of um, winning back your entries in your trip, which I basically did with the one horse. So really what we got was um, a nice free trip to a lovely place in beautiful weather with two nice horses and, you know, <laughs> nice people around. <laughs> so you it could have been worse. <laughs> Well, Liz, I'm glad you had a lovely historical and educational and fun with your horses seaside holiday at Osborne House. But uh, I think also exciting to our listeners might be what bit of Britain has going on this week. So, Paul, we have a really exciting offer. It's a promo offer for this week only from our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. So I want my horses looking really clean and sharp when I'm out competing, and I know that you do too. So this week, Bit of Britain is offering 10% off all Shapley's products. Um, this is really exciting. All you have to do is go to bitofbritain.com, go to the brands page and find the selection of Shapley's products and type in my name, Liz, L-I-Z, can't be easier than that, at the checkout, and you get 10% off all Shapley's products. Well, Liz, that's a fantastic offer from Bit of Britain, as we would always expect from them. But you know what? I'm not going to be outdone by that because I've got my own offer that I'm going to tell our listeners all about later on in the show. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show, it's international Irish eventing superstar. It's Podrick McCarthy. Podrick, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Thank you, Paul. I don't think I've ever been called an eventing superstar before, but I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in my eyes, you are, because um, not only are you in winning form at the moment, uh, fresh from a win at the international CIC three-star campfire, uh, but uh, you're, you know, USA-bound on the WEG team. So I think that's pretty superstar status as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, Mr. Chunky. And that's a, that's the best name of, of any. He, he's the super. He's the superstar in, in the whole. He's the superstar. He's the superstar. Right. Yeah. He's just carting you around. You're just steering. But back to Mr. Exactly. Chunky and your and your win at Campfire. How? Talk me through it. Was it start to finish victory always going to happen? Um, I didn't expect it to happen. Um, I I did hope that I would be in the top three after the first two phases. That's what I said to to somebody before I went there. So the dressage has been good at home, and we had a, we ran through the the four star test that we did at Bamberton and that we're doing at Wake in front of at least one judge a few weeks ago, and that went very well. So I'd been positive about that, um, and normally when we're focusing, we can jump quickly around in the jumping. But I didn't think that it wasn't my plan to go as quick as I did. It just kind of it happened. So yeah, I was uh, quite surprised. I mean, I went there to have it. The ground was very good, um, and he hasn't run competitively since badminton. He had a, a jump ten fences out of a slow canter in Barbary, and so the idea was, that, you know, that I discussed with my wife that we'd we'd give him a good run, a good positive run. And I didn't know the minute markers or anything, so it wasn't really my um, target. I'm sen- and I just I'm sensing of- that you know, given that your wife is also the owner of the horse, was there stern words after this when you say you weren't supposed to go so fast? So I just tell your listeners that you were only one second over the optimum time, which in a CIC three star is pretty impressive, no matter what the track uh, and no matter what the horse. So uh, you know, it, 
it might have been just cruising around. But uh, did uh, wife Lucy have a few stern words? Say, come on, mate, you were supposed to go slow. No, she was the one that was encouraging me to have a positive run, actually, because, um, you know, she, she, you know, all of this talk coming from Vegas that it's going to be shorter than I originally expected. Um, so it's probably going to be in a very intense course. So it was probably good in that sense to have a practice and be a bit quicker because normally I wouldn't run him quick in the CIC because it's not that type of horse. Um, but he, 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 it was very smooth. I started off very easy. And uh, it, at the end, I looked at my watch at about five and a half minutes and I thought, actually, I don't have that much further to go. And I, um, I just let him run on home. And yeah, I was still a little bit surprised that he was as quick as he was, but he felt great. He felt like he was on, on, on rails. But just a small correction, my, my wife originally owned the horse, but now... Sarita and Christopher Perkins and Hugh Lloyd on him and we're names on the passport along with them. But yeah, as I said, Lucy was probably encouraging me to go faster than I originally thought I would go. So um, yeah, it was a surprise, but a pleasant one. So um, uh, let's talk about the name because I can't resist. I've actually been, I've known of the horse since he was young. I remember being in, in Portugal years ago when Lucy was still riding him and he was there. I mean, he's Mr. Chunky. What a cool name, but he's not... For people that don't know him, he's not a big giant hunting cob like the name would suggest. Clearly, as he's on no. his way to try on very soon. Um, how did he get a name like that? And tell us, like, obviously his breeding is not—he's—he's uh, he's not a big chunky cob. Just—just just tell us a bit about that. <laughs> well, he's bred actually. It's—it's it's a real local horse. He's bred here in Devon by Sue Trump, and. Um, He's by Jumbo, who was a very prolific sire of Aventus, who, who was an Irish draft, and he's out of a, a, a thoroughbred mare, I think, that actually won, um, that Sue owned. And um, when he was born, I think he probably came out a little bit stronger than Sue had anticipated. He said, you're a chunky chap. And, um, you know, she called him from the minute, from the word go, Mr. Chunky, and it stuck, and it, you know, it suits him. But a lot of people, I think, who don't know the horse expect to see... Um, yeah, quite a stronger model, but you know he is a really strong horse in in his body and his physique, um, and he has like in the winter when you see him, he's got you know a, a quite fluffy coat and that. So he, he's not a thoroughbred, <laughs> but he certainly he certainly has a, a very big engine and and can jump every fence in the world, um, which he proved at badminton this year that um, he can gallop better than most horses. Um, so yeah, it's a, the name is a little bit of a misnomer, but I think his breeder took one look at him when he was a day old and said, "You're chunky." Um, <laughs> so it's it, it stuck. Well, and of course, Mr. Chunky is on his way to the United States very soon. Do you know much about Tryon? And I mean, obviously, we're hearing that the course is going to be shortened, but we haven't had that confirmed yet, have we? No, I don't think it's been confirmed. I mean, there's a lot of different things being said, and. Um, so I, I don't really know. I'm, I'm just going to wait till I get there and and uh, and deal with it when it goes. The main thing is that we're we're part of the Irish squad, and you know, luckily, it looks like a lot of our our, our members are coming into very good form, and um, so we're all very um we're all very positive about getting out there and and trying to trying to you know right the the wrongs that have been happening over the last few years for Ireland. We haven't you know fulfilled expectations at the last number of championships, and so hopefully um this year might might be a little bit different. Yes, indeed. Everybody's hopes will be high. And as you mentioned, you know, Ireland hasn't always lived up to expectations. 
or maybe lived up to abilities. Um, you know, you obviously have very good form, but uh, it, it, you know, you just got to put it together as a team, all at the same time on the day at these championships. Now, Mr. Chunky, I just want to talk about this horse a bit more because I too love his name, but I also do love the horse, and he's been a, an advanced horse for a very long time. You know, I think he went three star all the way back in 2013. So he's one of the more older horses. He's one of the more experienced horses, and he's certainly been, um, you know a championship horse uh, for a long time. Just talk us through a bit of the history of, of uh, and tell our listeners about his his early three-star career because it wasn't always with yourself. No, I think um, I came here when he was in the winter of his five turning six and he hadn't evented under British eventing rules at that point. And he, I remember that they... That I first saw him, one of one of the guys that was working here was walking walking him from the walker or something, and he, it was in the middle of winter, and he had not been clipped at that point. And Lucy stopped me, and she said, "This is the best horse I've ever owned." And I <laughs> didn't know her so well, and I, and I looked at her, and I looked at the horse, and I looked back to her, and I said, "Really?" And she <laughs> said, "Yeah." She said, "Put the saddle on him afterwards and give him a spin." So I did. I took him down in the school, and uh, as soon as he just started to trot, like he has different gears than I would say nearly any other horse that I've ever sat on. Like the power that comes through his body when you sit on him is quite something else. And uh, I came back and I said, "Yeah, you're right." Now he was wobbly and he was green, but he had everything there. And he didn't actually begin eventing till he was six. And I think with eight, he did his first three star in Blair and was third. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people probably, he went a little bit under the radar in those early days, but he'd be, he's been consistent at every level. He, he I think he's won at every level. Um, he had, he, you know, his jump wasn't always what it is now, but we, we both knew that it was all there and it would be right. And he would jump clear rounds when he needed to at, at this level. And um, I think Lucy had some very good results with him. You know, she had, was, like I said, third in, in Barbary. I think she was placed in Warrigham placed in Gatcombe in the championships and um, she did the first four star in, in Burley with him four months after she had our son in Austin and um, he made that look already very small even though she was going quite slowly because she was quite unfit herself and then she took him to Poe on the back of that you know and, and had a very fast round until she came to the last water where you jumped in over a big oxer and he probably jumped in a little bit more forward than she would have liked to do and then uh, you might remember Paul there was a, a sharp right turn to jump out again and the water jump is actually built into the lake in Poe and both herself and, and Chunky were landing and going a little bit faster than they had hoped and when he took his eyes up he put it straight on the railing into the lake and took one more stride and jumped clean out of the water jump into the lake and had to swim out to the side so Lucy rang me I wasn't there and she rang me and I said I think this horse is just too big and strong for me she said I think uh, you have to take over and um, so over the winter um, you know we, we kind of didn't know what where we were going and then in the I think it was 2016 um, we took him to Portugal with the objective of Lucy riding him and working towards badminton that year and when we arrived that night um, Lucy's father was actually very ill and he passed away uh, the night I arrived in, in Portugal so she said to me you're going to have to ride him in the down there and he was I think second and fourth in, in both the two-star classes and um, when we came back Lucy rode him in, in Belton and um, I think she, she at that stage felt that to get the most out of the horse, because he is quite a big, strong horse, that she, you know, was concentrating a little bit on motherhood and was a little bit out of, of, of riding at the top level like she had been and said to really get the most out of this horse. I think, you know, somebody 
uh, a little bit stronger needs to, to get on him. So that was, you know, fantastic from her, her to recognize, you know, a lot of people, very few people would stand down off a horse like that. Um, but well, she especially when uh, that I needed a, a better horse. And yeah, especially so, when her yeah, greeting of the horse to you was that it's the best horse she's ever had. Uh, so uh, certainly um, it, it, uh, it takes some admiration for Lucy to, uh, like you say, willingly uh, and graciously hand over the reins to yourself. But you've done a done a pretty good job yourself. Like you say, you've had a few wins and uh, on the team for WEG. So, you know, we look forward to uh, your performance at WEG. I mean, uh, you've had enough performances to warrant the decision already, but certainly, uh, you know, uh, a, a very good performance at uh, WEG would uh, make everybody happy. And certainly his, uh, as we uh, I got wrong with earlier, his new owners would be uh, very, very happy with the experience. Now, mm. our listeners can obviously pick up the fact uh, that you're Irish. It's quite obvious from your uh, accent as well as the fact that we've been uh, talking about you on the Irish team. Um, but you and Lucy... Uh, You've just won at Campfire International, which is an Irish event, but you don't live in Ireland. Where t- Talk to our listeners about where you live, the travel to Campfire, and I, I believe you took a, a, a truckload of horses to Campfire, so uh, not just Mr. Chunky there. No, we, we had um, we have quite a lot of horses in work now, luckily enough. Um, we live in, in, in Mid-Devon, um, which is quite a long way down in the southwest of England, so we, we travel a lot to go to, to every event in England, practically. Um, you know, so to, for us to drive four or five hours isn't anything out of the way. So we took actually uh, six. I took six horses um, to ride in the various classes, and we also had uh, I have a French, a French young rider with me, Baptiste Talon, uh, at the moment, and he took two of his horses. So we had um, we had eight horses in convoy, and um, I also had to bring back a breeding mare because we we breed a lot and we do a little bit of toing and froing from with my place in Ireland. So it was quite a logistical effort to get all the horses there and <laughs> to get through them all. I think the first day we arrived and we worked all the horses quietly. And, and the next morning I started at seven and I didn't get off a horse until 5.30 when I finished my dressage test that evening. So I was ready for for uh, yeah sleep fairly fairly quickly that evening. <laughs> but, ready, um, ready for beer o'clock. <laughs> beer o'clock ready for beer indeed. o'clock. A bit, a bit of a meal and straight to bed but it's an event we we love going to the first year we went it was quite dry and Paul Brady and the organisers there worked incredibly hard to get the ground immaculate and um, given the, the year that we've had and uh, summer that we've had everything being so hot and dry here that we you know we, we kind of targeted that event as a very good kind of later run for, for, for Chunky and, and some of the other horses as well because they they are so conscientious about having the ground and, and it's it's a lovely atmosphere, it's a lovely feel. I think a lot of the English riders are enjoy going back there now as well. So um yeah, we like going to Campfire. And it's you know, it's designed by Mike Yes of course and um it's always very well presented and yeah, it's one of our, our more favourite events of the calendar. Yeah, and actually, I've been to Campfire before. It's been a couple of years now, but um, I really enjoyed it as well. And um, it's an event that I will have to go back to, especially now we've chatted with you. We know that the event is only getting bigger and better. So, um, I mean, a, a really great result and a good good effort by the team, especially, like you say, what a what a dry year we've had. I mean, not so much now. It's been pouring in England, but um, no. but it has been an un- unusual year for Ireland. So it's, it's great to hear that they have worked so hard on it. And um. Uh, Pork, we'd like to have people be able to follow you in your progress. I mean, obviously, you you will be going to try on. A lot of our listeners are US based, so um, can can they follow you on social media? Will you be blogging your way through your trip to try on with Mr. Chunky? Um, 
I don't know if I'll be blogging my, my way, but I, I do put occasional posts. So I, I think the last time you spoke to me, I was on Facebook, but now I'm actually got quite with it. Um, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter. Oh, um, look out. Oh, no, wow. He's quite with it. He's, he's on it. <laughs> I, I'm on it. Um, so I um, I do some some updates on, on Instagram and, and kind of try to link them through to the other social media things as well. And um, our Facebook page, MGH Sport Horse Stud, also keeps people a little bit updated with our breeding and some of the horses that we sold. And um, yeah, so I try to do a little bit. I'm, I'm not as good as others probably um, because I don't find that the easiest thing to do. But um, yeah, I try to let the world know to some degree what's going on <laughs> in our lives. Well, that's great. And thank you very much for being on. Congratulations again. And we wish you all thank the you. very best in the United States very soon. Thank you for being on the Eventing Radio Bye. Show. My pleasure. Thank you all very much. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show, it's the director of BEDE Events. It's Stuart Buntine. Welcome to the Eventing Radio Show, Stuart. G'day, how are you doing? We're very, very well, thank you. And um, we're very excited to have you on the show because, well, you've got your, uh, you've got many, many hats that you wear and you do so many things. You're traveling all the time and I believe you're traveling right now. But we've just had a very new and very exciting event that has happened at the Osborne House in the Isle of Wight. Um, and I just would love to get you to just talk through the event, the different format and, and how you feel it all went. Yeah, no, it was, uh, look, i tell you what, I don't think we could have had a better first first event. Um, I was really excited with the way it's been accepted because, for me, what I was trying to do was create a showcase opportunity for the sport to showcase what it does in a really short space of time. And uh, as you know, you were there, we, we wrote a special dressage test that was about four minutes long, uh, and then... Uh, we did all the dressage together and then we had a bit of a break and we did all the show jumping together. We had a bit of a break and then we ran cross country. Um, so there was about an hour of dressage, an hour of show jumping and an hour of a bit of cross country. And it was to me just to give uh, people that were new to the sport an opportunity to see what, what we do in a really uh, compact uh, location uh, that actually was a spectacular location as well. Uh, it truly was. And I was so pleased to have gone to the event. I mean, we really had a great time. And I have to say, to sort of explain as someone who was competing there, it, there were loads of spectators, which was great. And the Isle of Wight is, is an easy trip for us. You have to go down to the, to the port of uh, Portsmouth. And we traveled um, with the lorry and the horses and everything on the boat over to Fishbourne. Um, and then it was only about 15 minutes um, into the venue. It definitely felt quite different doing sort of the shortened test and the the intensity of the shortened show jumping and then the cross country was very influential and I think you know a lot of people that went there we didn't realize 
you know, quite how intense it would be. And, you know, I would say a lot of the questions were um, definitely strong, uh, but it, it really shook up the results, which I think was exciting. Um, and uh, to be right next to Osborne House, I mean, we made it sort of a historic weekend. I went through the house, I went down to the beach, I went to see Swiss Cottage. Like, it was a really cool weekend for everybody. And um, I, I'm excited to hear if it's going to carry on. Do you know what the plans are for the future? Yeah, no, definitely. We are uh, we are now looking at 2019 um, with a vengeance. Um, I mean, I think, but you know, you're interested. The course was the course probably did ride a little bit tougher than we expected. Um, mm-hmm. I think the terrain it was interesting. Halfway round, where you climbed to the top of the hill, the horses were a little bit more um, a bit a little bit more flat halfway around the course than we anticipated them to be. And we will certainly, you know, we look to make a few modifications on that. Uh, but I want, we wanted to be a proper cross country because we need to, I was really keen to showcase the, the three aspects, the three disciplines yes. of the sport so that people could see it. Because if you shorten it too much, it just gets a little bit away from, from what, what it is. And I think certainly um, the bits I saw of the course, it, it was a proper cross country course and, and, mm. and road as such. But the viewing. Absolutely. That viewing was spectacular from the house there. Unreal. So, so Stuart, you 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 called it a showcase, and you've you've used that word a couple of times already now uh, in the uh, in the description that you've, you're telling our listeners about. Now, the it, it, it's not. It seems like a it, was it a cross between a, a one day event and arena eventing or, or all these sort of things. But the the cross country course, you know. Modern trend in eventing seems to have get, be getting shorter and shorter and shorter, and and as they're getting shorter, we seem to think that it's becoming more intense and and thus more exciting to watch. Um, you know, you've gone from your long twelve minute courses down to six minute CIC courses. So, you know, what what in in terms of what we're used to hearing of star levels, what sort of level was this? And and in terms of a, a you know six minute course being the sh- as short as you are allowed in a CIC three star. How many minutes was this and why was it more intense or why was it easier to view? Um, I mean, it was it was intermediate dimensions, but um, as I said, there were two or three combinations that wouldn't have been particularly out of pace on a, on a three-star. So it was a little bit more intense than a, than a normal intermediate. Um, but the cross-country was four and a half minutes long. Uh, with 29 jumping efforts. <clears throat> um, Four minutes, you know, 48 spoke, to be exact. <laughs> Four minutes, 48, there you go. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't Not that I was chasing so. the time or anything, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate um, competitor I mean, here, Liz. <laughs> hey, I, I want some money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well done. Um, I'm not sure it was a cross between uh, traditional format arena eventing. Um what I wanted to do was make it make sure it wasn't arena eventing because I wanted to showcase what our sport does really, really well cross country and, and what our sport is about. Um, we, we tweaked the dressage because to be honest, people don't want to sit and watch hours of dressage. And what yeah. I was amazed with because we compacted the dressage to an hour, everybody came and watched the whole dressage because they, because they couldn't wander off and come back and watch a little bit more and wander off and come they stayed around it and there were four or five deep around the arena for dressage, which made that arena quite, quite, uh, quite, um, tricky. I suspect, was it? Did it you was ride tight. In that, did you ride in them? 
Did yeah, you I wrote. Main arena? Yes, I did. I wrote. Um, so I had a seven-year-old the first day, and he was in that main arena. And then my more experienced horse the second day, and um, I actually thought it was what an incredible experience for the young horse because he would have never been in a bull ring like that, and everybody was right on top of you, weren't they? So it was um, tons, tons, and tons of atmosphere. And from my perspective, it was great for him to sort of be put in that place because it would be hard to find that at a at a one day event anywhere. So getting yeah. the spectators up close to the action. So your your arena, your main arena for your dressage, you get the spectators right up close to the boards. You know, I think the minimum distance is like five, ten meters, not even that, six meters. I don't know. You know, how it was that the sort of idea? Was he getting people really, really close to the horses? Yeah, I mean they were ten meters they were ten meters on the side and a little bit closer at the top end. Um, but, uh, you know, a huge amount of the crowd that we had, because it's a holiday island, I mean, we ran it in the holidays because on any one day this time of year, there's 60 or 70,000 people on the island wanting something to do. Now, this year it was a little bit different because the weather was so good, everybody was on the beach. Um, but to me, I just wanted to take it to a crowd of people who had never experienced the sport. Um, and I think looking at uh, the the, the feedback we've had, we probably had about 30 or 40% of people that had never, ever been to a horse trials before. No idea wow. what they coming to. And so they got really close to it. Um, we show jumped in the same arena and the show jumping was not very long. I think there were 10 jumping efforts or something, but just enough to, to give them something to jump. Um, and again, the atmosphere in there was pretty tight. I mean, it was a little bit, I think, like jumping in an indoor school. Some of those those fences were off a turn where you were literally bouncing off the people and the horses cope with it amazingly well. Um, and then out on cross country, you know, we tightened up the, the gallop lanes so they're only three, four meters wide so that people could actually, you know, I always talk about, you know, getting dirt in your face and you, know, you go to Silverstone and you park down on the, on the <laughs> straight there and you, and you want the smell of rubber and everything. And we, we've, we've got to get that to our audience. We've got to get them to, to feel the thrill and the adrenaline as the horses gallop by and you know, get a bit of grit in the face. And, and feel that. Yeah, exactly. I love that idea. And, and feel the pounding of the hooves as they gallop past uh, uh, on the ground, you know, and all that sort of thing and hear it. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know if they want to smell the horses or not, but, you know, interesting <laughs> concept. <laughs> so, so, Stuart, how many, um, how many competitors did you have? You know, you, you've told us it's a shortened uh, dressage, an hour of each. So it sounds like you're actually having a one-day, one-day event um, where that just takes three hours or thereabouts of competition. How many competitors was there vying for the, uh, the prize money you put up? Well, we did. We tried two things. The first day I had two classes of about 15, um, and the second day we had one class of about 23. And the second day, the one class worked really well. Um, so, um, so next year we'll be looking just to run one class each day of about 20, 25 horses um, and, uh, and, and, make people, um, and make people come and give them a bit of chance and a bit of money at that. Um, I don't think we need more than more than 25 odd horses. Um, at four minutes of test, that's you know an hour and a half of dressage. So you can start that. I think we started dressage just before 10 and it was finished by 11, just after. We started show jumping at 12 and we ran them at two and a half minute intervals so that the commentators could talk to the riders and ask them a little bit about the course and that type of stuff. And then we ran cross country on threes and fours so there was time to see what was going on. So it all happens 
quite quickly and there's time for lunch. And, and as Liz says, it's time to see the other things that Port Osborne has to offer. Um, well, so, and I, so, I thought that was a real, um, a real taster for people because certainly we, we compete at some beautiful venues, you know, Blenheim Palace and, uh, you know, Blair Castle, for instance, which I know you've just been up there. Uh, lots of different great venues, but I don't think I've ever been somewhere where you are literally right on top of a historic house like that, where you can just finish watching your show jumping and uh, grab yourself a coffee and about two feet around the corner, you could walk in and see, uh, literally one of the coolest historic homes that I've ever been through. Um, I, I really thought that was kind of a cool thing about it. It's a very, uh, a different feel really. And I think you're right that people enjoyed the intensity and how sort of everything kept going. I think also in the dressage test, there was no coefficient marks. So there was not really a big gap in the judging or, or a gap between horses was there. So you could kind of keep everything rolling and keep the action coming. Um, so my question for you, Stuart, are, are you looking at doing it the same sort of way, maybe more of an invitational type event next year, but still keeping it, um, you know, on the British eventing schedule without it being eligible for points, keeping it its own special sort of event? Yeah, look, I think it has to be because, I mean, it doesn't tick the MER boxes. So mm-hmm. I think we've got a standard alone and it's not there. I mean, I'm not doing this to change eventing. I'm doing this to try and be able to create a compact, low-impact concept that once we've fine-tuned it more, we can actually take it to places whereby where we want to expose the sport. Because, you know, we've got a real problem in our sport with the Olympics because we are clinging on by our teeth to stay in the games. And if we lose the games, which, you know, I think is a high probability, we've got to do something to expose our sport to new audiences. And because if we don't have the Olympics, we're not going to have a platform from which to expose ourselves. And we've got badminton and burley. But um, if you go into you know, Europe and other places, they haven't got that real penetration that we've got in the audiences. So what I love to be able to do is to create this, that we could showcase the sport and take it into iconic locations and take it to where people are. You know, I've always thought we expect people to get in a car drive out of town, park in a field, walk four kilometres and see all the three or four minutes. Um, whereas I want to take this and be able to drop it into venues whereby we can expose it to people that have never seen the sport, that say, hey, that's funky. I would like to, you know, I'd like to be able to, you know, if you're a kid, I'd like to be able to try that. I, I want to expose it to, to children and, and, and to, to adults that actually they say, well, I might drive out of town next week and go and see one. So, that's where it's coming from. So I don't think it'll ever, ever get, get into the mainstream. And I don't want it to be mainstream. I want it to be mm. a showcase. Um, there's probably, there's no need to have more than one or two in this country because this is not what it's about. But hopefully it is something that when we fine tune it a bit more, we can. And I know there were several people from, from abroad that came, came across to look at it and get a bit of an idea to see what, what, uh, what they thought of it. So it would be great to be able to drop it into a, you know, into a, a big metropolitan location, um, go into central city and, and do it. You're not causing a massive impact. 
Well, I think um, that's a, a great concept, Stuart, and I, I love your your enthusiasm for entertainment um, because, and, and like you say, exposing our sport in an entertaining way to spectators, uh, not expecting them to drive to the middle of nowhere or and trudge around uh, in, in Wellington boots for kilometres just to see the odd horse. So um, I... I you know, really hope that, uh, like you say, with a bit more fine-tuning, that this concept is going to uh, get bigger and better and certainly be seen in more venues and certainly be seen in uh, more inner cities, as it seems like you might be uh, targeting. Now, now, Stuart, you're a very prolific organiser. You wear many hats. You wear, you're TDing, you're course designing, you're organising, you're the director of many events. Um, so... Many of our listeners are uh, Australasian-based and uh, also uh, in the Americas. So tell our listeners a little bit how they can follow you on, on, on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all those social media accounts. I, I know it's possibly not yourself doing this. I know you have a good team in the bead events. Uh, so uh, tell our listeners how they can follow all of the progress of your showcase and everything else you do. Yeah, well, it is through bead events. Um and that's, uh, that's the brand we run under. Um, I mean, it's quite fun to, uh, you know, my, my passion, my passion is this sport. And, and I am getting more and more passionate, I suppose, as I get older, that, that we are going to, we're going through a big change in our sport over the next 10 years. And we've got to all work together. And I'm really, I'm really keen. And one of the things that, that Osborne enabled me to do was to try to draw together riders and owners together so we can start to work as a team because quite often I think, you know, we're, we're a little bit vying at opposite ends of the scale because we're all trying to make it work and we know there's not a lot of, not a lot of money in it. But I just, I just really feel over the next five or ten years as owners and as riders and as, and as organisers, we've got to come together to protect the future of this sport. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's what drives me on. Um, as you say, I do quite a lot. Um, and, and I've got some quite exciting plans on new ideas that, that we're working on at the moment. Um, so so I'm, I'm interested in anybody that's got, that's got that same passion that wants to help us drive the sport forward globally. Um, and okay, I'm based in the UK and most of my work's in the UK, but we're looking at, we're looking at actually four or five venues abroad uh, to try and link together with um, because we're, we're just excited about where it can go. So um, hey, if anyone out there is listening that, that, that's got good ideas and, and want to bounce them, I'm, uh, I'm open to anything because um, I've done some crazy things in the past and I'll probably do some crazy, <laughs> crazy things in the future. You're, you're um, an ex-event so of course you're doing crazy things. And I love the fact that you're an ideas man as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> Well, thank you. Star. I mean, I've, I've absolutely loved um, having you on a really great passion for the sport, which I think all of us here on the Eventing Radio Show and everyone that listens to it has a passion for. So yeah. um, I've got to agree with you. I'm excited to see what you uh, have brewing for the future. And um, you never know, you might get somebody contacting you with some really exciting ideas. We need to get you over to the States. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, well, we, we will definitely stay in touch. We'd love to have you on again um, with an update uh, in a couple of months' time. And thank you very much for being on the Eventing Radio Show. Hey, listen, that's been great. Love to be on it. And uh, well done last week. Tappas, you did have a good day last week as well. Did you not win Hickstead? 
Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, I got out of the office and uh, got 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 behind a, a set of uh, horses' ears and remembered <laughs> re- remembered how remembered to do how it. To do it. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done, guys. Great to speak to you, and thanks for having me on. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. Well, listeners, I promised you earlier that I wasn't going to be outdone by Liz with her offer from Bit of Britain. Well, you know what? I've got a ten percent offer as well. So, you know what? It's say what equestrian t-shirts say what equestrian t-shirts that's right 10 percent off any and all say what equestrian t-shirts just go to britofbritain.com search for say what equestrian put in my name at the checkout in the discount code that's p-a-u-l and you're going to get 10 percent off all of your say what equestrian t-shirts and type in my name liz at the checkout and you get 10 percent off all shapley's products what a great offer Thank you, Bit of Britain. Thanks so much for listening to the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by Eventing Riders Association of North America. You can, of course, learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. You can also find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. You can follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for the Eventing Radio Show and on Twitter, at Eventing Radio. You can also listen to Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, and you can follow me on Facebook, Liz Halliday, on Twitter, at Liz Halliday, on Instagram, Liz Halliday-Sharp, and, of course, on our website, hseventing.com. I've been Tappers in your ears, and you can follow me on the website, tapnereventing.com, on Twitter at tapnereventing, on Instagram, tapnereventing, and Facebook, tapnereventing team. Thanks for listening.